This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, it's been a minute. How are we doing? It's been a minute, folks, but we're back. What, it's been two weeks, and uh, my goodness, Metcalf, it felt like it was like three months. I, I missed everyone deeply. I promise I'll never take you for granted again. I didn't. Okay, I didn't in the first place. I love you all. But how are you doing, Metcalf? We had... We got to let everyone know we took a couple weeks off because we've had some crazy stuff going on. Start You start first. I know your life has just been helter skelter. Yeah, uh, life has been a little crazy, so I appreciate your patience. Um, I just had, had the bachelor party two weeks ago, survived it. Uh, apparently, there's more to do in the Ozarks than just murder and money laundering. Not much <laughs> else, but a little bit else. Um, then got back and uh shockingly tested positive for covid so that was a lot of fun to deal with um and then got to take a stats final uh with covid all fun things wouldn't be on the top of my list of recommendations but hey it's a life experience um ace of final ace of class so we're good there oh um, gosh what a humble brag out of nowhere pat, pat myself Congrats. on the back there you know Congrats. so um yeah but not, not now we're back uh also your your family's growing a little bit over there yeah, um, I had a, a four-legged child into my life, also known as a puppy. Um, and I just want to warn everyone out there, you know, um, the, the the draft Twitter army that, you know, the friendly competition. I'm about to become a new animal this year because I'm realizing that I can do way less sleep than I realize. <laughs> like, I am, I'm, I, I used to, you know, everyone at no ceilings jokes about how much coffee I drink. And it's like, yeah, I'm usually up till three or 4 a.m. Scouting, watching film. But now with having a puppy and trying to train him, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm sleeping like two hours a night. So let's turn it up another notch. But on a serious note, I'm, I'm very excited, Metcalf, to be back doing this with you. Please don't leave me ever again. This felt wrong. Um, but man, it, it, it's... It feels right. The world feels right. You know, I am a little delirious right now from the lack of sleep, but let's, let's get after it, Metcalf. Let's talk some Uh, basketball. Let's give the folks what they want. I I love that it's the end of August and you're already in uh, mid-season form in terms of your your, your sleep habits. That's really encouraging for eight months from now. You're just prime form. Um, But the last couple episodes we've done, we've done some FIBA, FIBA U17 recaps. We've done some history you know, uh, reevaluations and, you know, it just, it felt time to dive into the 2023 class. So today we're talking about Victor Wembanyama, who is getting immense praise um, and adulation and expectations are through the roof. 
Uh, but before we get to him, mm-hmm. sorry, he's in here. Um, I wanted to just do 10 to 15 minutes on just draft philosophy stuff. Nothing yeah. too granular in the weeds. But I wanted to give listeners a better sense of where we come from with our evaluations, how we approach things, how we build our databases, what we look for at the start of the season, all of that stuff. So where do you kind of want to start with that? Um, You know, I guess let's just the mentality. Let's let's just talk about the mentality of starting. You're basically starting from scratch. So, you know, I always joke and say, like, I don't I don't recommend doing what I do because sometimes it's just chaos. I, I, a lot of anarchy with what I do. But this is the time of the year where you wipe the slate clean. You, you start shedding some proud tears about the previous year. But it's like, all right, time to throw everything in the trash, wipe the board clean. And you got to start from step one. And right now, um, you're kind of just getting a feel for everyone, or or I am personally, you start going through names, you start writing down every possible name you could possibly think of. Like I'm seeing someone talk about someone and, you know, in our group chat for no ceilings, it's funny because someone brings up a guy and I'm like, add him to my list. I I, I don't even need to watch film on him. I'm just like, add him to my list, add him to my list. And you start making this database and, you know, I try to kind of get, every school, every guy I possibly want to look at, because now you, the schedules are going to start coming out for international and college. So you're trying to kind of group everyone together to be like, okay, who am I watching with every game? And you try to plan out your, your viewing parties and all these prospects. But I think right now is you're going back, you're trying to watch high school tape. You're trying to watch if there's someone like Victor, who we're going to talk about, you're trying to watch what have they been doing overseas and, you know, FIBA tape, we, we and you talked about FIBA lately and it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, you're going to go through a lot of names, a lot of film, and you're trying to basically circle, you know, who are you getting excited about? Who are you keeping an eye on that could make some noise? And, um, it's a, it's a lot of madness. I don't know how you do it, Metcalf, but it really is a, beginning of the year is just kind of I feel like I'm just throwing a bunch of (laughs) a bunch of stuff at a board and then I'm like all right now I need to it's like putting a puzzle together you got to move everything around and kind of get it organized but take some time um it it really is ugly but beautiful at the same time what about you yeah and so I I just kind of have like a running spreadsheet that year Mm -hmm. over year I update you know um once uh a guy or declares that he's coming back to school. I just take that name, put it over on the the next year. So I have all my returning guys set up and then I, it's nothing too fancy or complicated. I, I just kind of lean pretty heavily on just like the recruiting services and just Mm -hmm. go down their list, add the top hundred guys. And so i that gets me to a place where like right now I have 171 names on my list and, you know, by December, they'll probably be like 250 um, because guys who were role players or bench players that didn't stand out last year are going to take a leap. And it just happens. And when they, you know, stand out, um, that's, you know, kind of when I jot their name down. It's like, okay, time to going to have to revisit that guy. Going to have to pay more attention next time I watch them. Um, so compiling the whole list for me now is a lot easier than when I first started just because I have more kind of years of carrying names over. Um, 
But when you first watch a guy, how do you go into that first viewing of his game? And how how does that differ from when maybe you watch him in January? Yeah, so I'm I'm like you. I'm sorry for everyone if I was a little all over the place with that explanation. But like I'm making my database right now. Um, what I like to do is just write everyone down. What year are they? Okay, freshman, sophomore, you know, are they a returner? Go, who's the incoming freshmen that are buzzing? Who are the returners I want to watch for to see if they make that leap? Um, and then you start getting like, who's the youngest prospect? So like, I literally have a database that I'm trying to get more efficient with each year with my scouting. So now I created this database over the last month or so where it's like, I can go click on player, write a scouting report for a game get out of there. It's neat. And then I could go back. And the next time I watch him, like, you know, compare my notes as the year goes on. But um, to answer your question, you know, when, when you're getting an incoming class where you're starting all over, I like to basically just be like, okay, let me just watch. Let, I don't want to read what everyone's been saying or the outside opinion what's what do i see as this guy does like what is his skill what's his calling card um you know victor we're going to talk about obviously doesn't take long for him to pop on tape because he looks like the mind flare um you know scoot henderson the athleticism guys like that where it's just like the outside shot if is he a shooter is he an athlete is he a defensive specialist um so once you find that out, then I start to say, okay, like, okay, what, what do I want to see develop throughout the year? Like what you, you start to find the important areas that you're like, if, if I think that's a weakness, I want to see it grow throughout the season. Um, what about you? Yeah. And I, I just look for a reason to get excited. Yeah. And whether that's awesome shooting, whether it's defensive footwork or off ball defense or passing or athleticism, whatever it is, I'm looking for that. What is that elite skill? What is leaping off the screen, smacking me in the face and screaming, I am an NBA player. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some guys, that's a lot easier to immediately identify than others. Um, And then from there, you know, I want to get excited about these guys. I want to really build them up, um, you know, in my own notes and for myself and then get really nitpicky and then start picking apart. "Mm, His hips are kind of slow here. Mm, His defensive footwork isn't the cleanest. And why does the ball, it's not sticking with him, but it's not popping. It's pausing. And it's, you know, it's a little delayed with his decision-making. Why is that? Is he making multiple reads? Does he not know the ball's coming to him? You know, stuff like that, where it's like, okay, I, I know the end result, but what are, the you know micro steps that got us to that and are they encouraging are they discouraging is it a sign of bigger things um and so i i always look for macro big picture let's get excited about this guy because that's what this whole thing should be about getting excited about how talented and gifted so many of these guys are um and this whole thing should be a lot of fun and if you're not doing that it's like then what are you doing if you're just out here trying to tear these kids apart it's like that's no fun that's kind of lame personally that's the way i view it um but yeah so and i I look to get excited and then dive into the minutiae of their games and like the the micro skills and the you know tendencies and habits and you know by january i've seen these guys 15 times a piece so i have a better understanding of what their habits and tendencies are and 
a better understanding of the context that could be influencing that. Yeah. And, and to go off that, I think that you're, you're spot on with that. Um, you know, I always give everyone crap about making big boards before the season starts. Cause I'm like, come on, give me a break. We haven't even seen these high school guys. We haven't even seen if they get punched in the face when they, you know, go to college, like how they adjust to it. We haven't seen the, the improvements with their game, but I think it's really important. And going off your point, my favorite thing to do is to make this database, to make this list of prospects and then just watch everyone and be like, who, who's a hooper. Like I joke and I'm like, who is a hooper? Who is a guy that I'm like, that guy looks like he's going to play at the next level. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I put them in an order of like one to 30, but I will move them up or make note of it and just be like, impressed me before he went to college. Like, looks like he could really do some stuff. And then that's where I get to the point, like you're saying, where if you keep kind of almost it's like checkups, like going to the doctor for a checkup. Like you keep just kind of dipping your toe in and making notes of like, okay, this is how he was as a high school player. And first month of the season at college, he looks like he's taking some strides in this area or, you know, Trakavion Smith, he struggled as a finisher last year, returned to college, goes to NC state for sophomore year. Looks like he's really making an effort to finish with contact. Like stuff like that is where you're wanting to take, some strides forward. And I also think it's important to have those notes for some returners. Like this is the off season. It's terrible. I hate it, but it's also a great time to go back and kind of watch film on some of those returners. Like there's a lot of really good guys that I'm really excited about in this class that, you know, aren't just the incoming freshmen. And that's because me and Metcalf always love upperclassmen, but Hey, that's, that's what it is folks. But, um, what else you got? You got any other questions? I, I like this. This is good. Yeah. No, just, just last one. Um, just like what are two helpful habits or ideas or philosophies or practices that you found that you, that have helped you a lot that could help that maybe our listeners could implement or, you know, maybe help them with their process or, you know, whatever. Ooh, that's a good one. I, I really do think, I really do think make a database. Like don't just don't just do a top 50. Don't just do a top 60. Just get a lot of names out there. Like make a you could be writing it down on a pad of paper. It could be, you know, doing it on your phone, your note section of your phones or whatever you want to do. But like just get a bunch of names so you get a bigger picture. And then start to just slowly watch everyone. Like figure out what their skill is, what is the going to be their NBA calling card or what do you think could develop? And I always like to, in my head, or maybe I'll write it down, just like think of a number. Like if you had to put a range on them for the draft right now, where would you put them? And, and I think if you do that and you go through a long list and you start comparing it, you're going to find out like, okay, I had this guy, I predicted he might be 15. And then I watched six other guys and I like that guy more. And it, it's just, it's a, it's an interesting little activity. And I know I'm saying like, don't do big boards, but I think that could help you as an evaluator because you will start to see guys look better as a high school player or, you know, last year. And then when you get a, a sense of their game, you might be shocked at how much better they look in one year. Um, what about yourself? Like, this is good. Now I'm trying not to give away all my secrets though. Metcalf. <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I'm an open book and I'm really not that complicated. So, you know, I, I just stumbled into this by, by dumb luck. Um, but, you know, w- one thing I think is really important is understanding the context of the team, the player, what they're being asked to do, who's around them, um, all of that stuff. Because, you know, we, we look back at a guy like Kate Cunningham and mm. his, for some reason, his playmaking and his basketball IQ was questioned coming out of Oklahoma State. That's a that's a complete misunderstanding of who else is on the floor with him. And when he flares that ball out of quadruple coverage to a wide open corner shooter, and then they make the extra pass out of that, that's not on him. You know, you you have to understand, okay, when this guy kicks out to the corner and the guy doesn't take a shot, okay, is that because, you know, was, was it a bad pass? Or, oh, wait, no, that guy's a 14% three-point shooter. And understanding who else is on the team and what they're capable of doing and how that impacts how defenses collapse or guard the guy that you're scouting or how play calls are being made. I think that's really important and can really shift, you know, how guys look. Yeah. I think the context is so important because I mean, talk about this last draft class, you know, Peyton Watson was preseason top 10 pick. Everyone thought he was going to be just absolute phenom at UCLA barely got on the court. And you have to, I think you have to remember, and this is why this is important to start doing this now and get a, get an idea of what their game is because of the year he had at UCLA, because he struggled to get on the court, get consistent minutes. You have to have in the back of your mind, like, Hey, he was playing in FIBA overseas. I remember that he was doing some really good things in high school. He has the ability, the talent. It just didn't happen in his freshman year. He declares he looked great at summer league because he was just letting the getting the chance to play. He looks like he's going to potentially be a really nice piece for the Nuggets, but it's just guys like that. Like not everyone's going to hit the ground running their freshman year. Jaden McDaniel struggled. Looks like he's going to potentially explode this year for the Timberwolves. Um, Damn radius. Who? Who? Yeah, I had to give you some love. Give you pumped up before we get too deep in this. Who else am I forgetting? What was another one? I'm driving myself insane. I got a mind block. But just guys that just yeah. that struggled as a freshman and, and oh well, uh, the, Zaire and Williams the, yes. like there you Absolutely. go so um, just guys like that you, you have to always get get the background it's not just intel get the background of this player if they're a top recruit going into college and they struggle remember what they could do on the court because they might not be able to showcase it in that first year and. Right. And, um, and just real quick, when, yeah. when you say background, you're not meaning talk to the parents, talk to the no, family. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, because that that's so few people actually get access to that. It's just it's the foundation, the like the foundation of what they are as yes. a player. Maybe the background is a bad word, but that's what I'm trying to say is like know who they are. Like get get yourself educated right now. Like what are you getting prepared to scout? That's the bigger thing than I think like. A lot of people want to scout right now and be like, this is the sixth guy and I'm adamant about it. And I'm not going to change my opinion. It's like, no, 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 no. Just get a feel for who this guy is as a player, as a prospect. Then we can get a better understanding moving forward of like, how is his game developed? How is he taking strides? And, you know, now I'm going to say this and I'm going to have to make a big board or something for no ceilings. And everyone's going to be like, Rucker, what's going on? I'm like, I know guys, I know. So um, you got anything else? Just my, my last, me, so you my, can talk my last thing is just don't be so dogmatic about everything. Um, don't be 
don't go to the extremes with your evaluations, with your wording. It's okay to be wrong. It's in fact more endearing when you're wrong and you admit it and then you learn from it. No one cares if you're wrong unless you're an asshole about it leading up to it. You know, no one cares if you're wrong, if you're like, ah, shit, miss that one, going to learn from it. But when you like, ah, nah, st- still holding firm, like th- this guy sucks. No, he's going to be a bust. And he's not, you look like an asshole. So the words that you use matter when yes. you describe traits, when you describe players, good or bad. And they're seen by a lot more people than you think. You may only have a couple hundred followers, whatever. You may have 10,000 people search out names. People look for clips. People look for articles. Your whatever you put out there is going to be seen by a lot more people than you think. Don't be so dogmatic about every word you use because words have meaning and they set expectations and they paint a picture of how you view that guy. And if you, you only get 280 characters on Twitter and if you're saying this guy is a piece of shit or God's gift, people are seeing that even if they aren't liking or retweeting or interacting with it. So the, the words you use matter. Uh, be willing to be wrong. And it's okay to be wrong. Being wrong it's is endearing. Okay. And it's a learning experience. I'm wrong all the time. A lot. So, and I'm Stop just being negative. To learn from it. Yeah, I agree with this. Is I hope everyone listened to just your rant. That was beautiful because stop being negative. I mean, why do you need to clip up a guy right now in August and say he's not going to be any good? That drives me fucking insane. Yeah. Like, I, whew. Metcalf's already pressing some buttons. I missed this feeling. Um, <laughs> I need people to stop saying like a guy, he's not going to be able to make an NBA. He's going to have to play overseas. One, guys make a lot of money overseas and have very good basketball careers. So Especially guys throw the, dual citizenship. Yes. And also just like, it's, I hate everyone thinking overseas is a negative. Sometimes it makes people incredible basketball players. So let's throw that out the window. Also, you know, no ceilings rule, ELE, everybody love everybody. So stop being negative. And it is really important with what you say. You can be wrong, but just be ready to take the fire. And if you are adamant about something and you've done your work and you studied, awesome. I love it. Um, Stop saying generational because generational is a very big word. Um, Yes, Scoot Henderson is a heck of an athlete, but he's not a you know a Vince Carter Michael Jordan type of athlete I'm sorry guys like those guys are ridiculous you know so let's calm down a little bit with that term everyone's throwing it very very loosely um and also just have fun we don't need to be so serious in August except for this podcast or in April this is fun (laughs) April is a different story, <laughs> yeah. calf. Okay, I'm 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 cracking skulls in April. No, I'm kidding. But I'm July. just I'm, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, I'm excited for another year with the No Ceilings Crew, the Draft Twitter community. We got a lot of fun, lot lot of fun stuff cooking. It's been a woo. It's been a great off season. I'll just put it that way. But yeah, are, are we ready to rock at this, or do you want to finish? I think it's time. I, I I think I I stalled this as long as I could. Okay. Um, I'm equally nervous. I'm excited. Um, Victor Wembanyama. Let's do this. Where 
I, I have no idea where to start with him. So I'm going to let you take the lead. Where, where do you want to start with him? So let's give a little intro. For everyone listening, if you haven't gotten the proper Victor background, um, I'll hit you with it. Thank you. Victor Wimanyama is uh, from France. He's been the bell of the ball as an international prospect for probably the last three plus years. Um, if you thought Chet Holmgren was skinny, buckle up um, because Victor's around 7'2", 225, 230. I've even seen him listed at 7'3". I, I think he's going to be closer to 7'5 come draft time. I am very convinced he's taller than 7'3", so I'm, yeah. I'm right there with Metcalf. But um, this is... This is the guy that's going to get hyped like crazy. And it's really interesting because, and and why I'm so excited to do this episode with Metcalf, why we're talking about Victor this early in the year is because I think me and Metcalf are going to have some really good thoughts about this. And they're not all going to be positive. (coughs) Um, Because I think Victor's going to be one of the more fascinating prospects to scout and evaluate. And I think it's going to present if you're wanting to get serious, if you're wanting to get better about a scout, I think Victor's going to be a really good case study because a lot of people are going to compare him to Chet because of the type of players they are. It's not going to be fair to both of those guys because Victor, if you're scouting Victor to play in the NBA right now, I think you're going to be in for a rude awakening. If you're scouting Victor to be an unfinished product, I think you're going to get really excited. But I think there's going to be people leaning towards the like he could be rookie of the year and i'm like whoa i don't know about that i don't think this is that type of prospect um but i'm I'm excited to talk to you about it but like i said um just been it wasn't a matter of like is he going to be the number one pick when it was when it was talking about like victor last couple years it was a matter of like when he's eligible it's going to be happening now he's going to be eligible this year but there's some questions and there's a lot more questions than people realize and this class is going to be stacked. Victor has all the tools to be just a, oh my goodness, type of talent. But um, I found myself bringing up more questions the more I watched. That I, I think I texted you, Metcalf, and I said, the more I watch, the more I'm getting well, I, skeptical. Not skeptical. I was just like the more things I, I think need to be like brought to the surface. Like there's a lot that we need to talk about and there's a lot we're going to have to talk about with him all year. What about you? I, so I, this is going to sound worse than I intended to, and then it should. Yeah. I kind of came away underwhelmed. I, I understand every, I think everyone's going to, cause I'm seeing a lot of stuff on social media of people being like, I would take scoot right now. And I'm like, I know why everyone's saying this because everyone's watching the film and then you're watching scoots film of the G league and scoot looks a lot better. But my question to you is do, do we have to watch Victor? And I, people are going to think this is a dumb question, but understand what I'm trying to get at. Do we have to watch Victor and no one, no prospects ever finished like product, but do you have to watch Victor as like, what teams are thinking of what he is in two years, not what he is right now, because I'll go watch him in Euroleague. And me and you were texting about this because I was like, I have a lot of thoughts about Victor. I need to talk to you before. And we were just texting Mm -hmm. back and forth, but 
we haven't shared this stuff on. But I watched some Victor games in the EuroLeague. You know, he's, what, 17 playing against grown men in that league. There's some games I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And then I got to a couple games and I was like, oh, all right, there it is. It's But there's a lot of stuff that um, I'm excited to talk to you about because there's a lot of areas of his game that I made a ton of notes and I was like, I got a lot of questions. And, you know, there's some some rude awakenings. But that's what I'm trying to say to you is like, our NBA team's going to be drooling because they're thinking of, he is showing all of these flashes right now as a incredibly raw ball of clay. And they're thinking if he keeps progressing like this in two years, he's going to be just an absolute machine. Like think Giannis when he entered yeah. the league, he was not even ready to be right. the player he is right now, but he developed into that. So are, is that what everyone's going to have to realize is like, you can't watch Victor as a right now player. You have to watch him as like, what could he become? You know what I'm trying to say? And yeah. all these guys, we're yeah. watching and, all of them, but it's more with Victor than right. anybody else, I think. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Cause, and I'm wording when, that poorly for everyone listening, but I'm trying to like devil, you know. Yeah, I'm not it, good it's, at it's adjusting timelines, basically, mm-hmm. where, you know, when, when you think about, you know, watching him compared to watching Chet or Mobley or Cade or Scotty Barnes when they were coming into college, you know, same relative timelines in terms of development and age. I think all those guys were significantly better basketball players than Victor is at this time. And that just means, I think it's like you said, when you draft him, he's, I don't think he's going to be this superstar rookie. I don't think he's going to take games over as a rookie. Like Luca did, like we saw Mobley do, like we saw Cade do. I don't think he's going to be able to do that. But that's also not why you're drafting him. You're drafting him where hopefully in years three to five, he's getting into being in the conversation for a top 10 player in the league yes. and top three top player in the league. And I I do, I do, did see flashes of that. I get why people are thinking that he could be that because that, that size and the way he moves, it's just such an uncommon combination that we get from guys. And it feels like we're saying that more more and more frequently as the years go on here. So, um, you know, five years from now, maybe it's not all that uncommon, but as of right now, it's still a pretty freakish thing to witness a seven, three dude with limbs that go on for days. Um, just move like that. Cause he's really fluid. He's really graceful out there and none of it looks herky jerky or stiff or mm-hmm. strained. So I get all of that. And I, I think that's, it's a really important point because his, you know, timeline of w- when he's making this huge impact, I think it's going to be pushed back a year or two compared to where some of these other, um, you know, fundamentally sound, you know, more athletic prospects where they're going to hit the ground running, but they may also be closer to their ceilings where the gap, bet- like his growth plates in terms of development and where he is now compared to where his ceiling is. It's astronomical, and that's really saying something because he's still a really good player right now. But what he could be, I, I think it's he's still so far from that. But you're drafting him where three years from now he's hitting that, and that's a scary, scary proposition. I mean, and for everyone listening, you know, I'm going off of uh, 
I'm going off of real GM's stats, but uh, last year he's playing for Asville Basket. Um, 33 games, 17 minutes a game, or 33 games. He played 17 minutes a game, averaged 7.5 points, 4.2 rebounds, 1.7 blocks, uh, 41% from the field, 27.5% from three point range, 68% from the free throw line. Um, so like those numbers aren't going to wow you, um, this year he's, he, it was big news. He's going to go play for Metropolitan's 92, which is kind of a big like shift over, but um, rumors are he wants just a little bit more of like a, a role. And I think they're going to play him as much as he wants. And, and, and I think exciting. that's really smart and something yeah. that he needs to show. He needs to. And, and this is another thing about Victor. We're going all over the place now, but Victor's had some injury stuff. He's, he's had numerous, you know, injuries pop up that have kept him out for a, you know, foreseeable amount of time. I think he had a stress fracture. Um, I'll look it up in a second. I'm just, I, I think it's a stress fra- stress fracture in his tibia. Yes. Um, he's had a couple of other things. So he needs to, he's going to need to put up some big numbers this year. He's going to need to play a lot. He's going to need to stay healthy. You know, like this is a lot of check boxes. He's going to need to check to warrant that hype and the NBA teams are still going to be drooling over him because they've watched him for three years, four years, whatever you want to say. But like the fascinating thing with him is, is I agree with you. I think you can't, you can't be drafting him as a rookie. You have to be drafting him as a year three, year four guy, because it's going to take some time um, because there's a lot of stuff that's really raw. And like I said, I watched some games. I was like, boy, he looks like he's going to need some time in really important areas. And then I watched a couple other games. I'm like, where's this guy been? Like his hair's on fire. He's all over the place. And um, I think comparing him to Chet Mobley is going to be really, really unfair. Because those are two very advanced defensive players. And everyone's going to say that Victor is that way. This is a hot take. I don't think he's in the same conversation as those two. Just because he's 7'2 and can block shots does not mean you are advanced defensively as those guys were. Now, um, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong and I'm watching in the middle of the year and I'm like, okay, it's click. But there's just some times where you could see the mind and the body aren't on the same page. Like he's reacting a little slow. There's also times where he reads plays beautifully. He drops yeah. down. He has a great help site block where you're like, man, that was a nice read. But it's the it's the flashes. It, it is the flashes that everyone's getting married to because he's so raw as a player that we're like, oh my gosh, if these flashes become more consistent, holy crap. And I think right. that's what gets you keep believing in him. But there, I left that tape... Metcalf like there's a long way to go I go and I'm not saying I'm underwhelmed like you said like I was just like this isn't as guaranteed as I was expecting because when you watch him at FIBA he just kicks the shit out of everyone and no he did not dominate Chet that entire game so everyone calm down and we'll talk about that another day Metcalf will yeah. be involved <laughs> so I, I think this is a good place to stay uh, is with his defense because I, yeah. I have a lot of nitpicks. We'll, we'll get to them. Um, I don't even think they're nitpicks, but we'll get to it. Um, I want to start out with the good stuff. And yeah. there is a lot of really good stuff. 
I think his shot blocking and like ball location ability is really impressive. Um, when he's able to kind of keep his body angled and keep the ball to like one side and isn't forced to flip his hips or really move his feet at all. That's where I think he looks so impressive. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think he really makes an impact. Um, His length alone frequently deterred guys from, you know, even attempting shots in the rim or at the rim, which is huge. Um, I mean, that, that block right there, I thought was one of my favorite, his ability to react on the second jump and then swat away the shot. Yeah. I thought that was incredible. Um, that, that length, once he really figures out how to better utilize it on the perimeter, that's where I think he's going to be really scary because I, I think the shot blocking stuff at the rim, his ability to locate the shot and, you know, really time it out. I thought that stuff was incredibly impressive. It couldn't. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone watch those highlights on YouTube. It's going to be like, what are you talking about Rucker? Like you just said, he's not even the same category. Like those were incredible, but that's the biggest thing. When I watched all those games that I came away with was the perimeter. He can get picked apart on the perimeter and it's, he's just got to figure out how to use his body better. Like he gets a little antsy and he can, he can sell like a, a veteran point guard will pick him apart because they'll just have him dancing with his feet and then they'll like go after him. Like, put, <laughs> I, I mean, this is a dumb statement, but here we're, we're in off season shape, putting Luca when Victor together, Luca will have a field day. Obviously Luca has a field day with everyone, but it's just saying like, he'll go after his feet. He'll be able to get him to just bite and then be like, okay, you, you just picked up two fouls. See ya. But I will say when he, when he's locked in, he's close. His timing, like you're saying, as a shot blocker, is just beautiful. It's really special. Um, the the two the couple of those games you showed, like those were the ones that jumped at me, where I was like, he is all over the place. Yeah, and when he is active, his energy's high, and he's using his hands to try to block everything. Yeah, he's a, he's a weapon. He's a force. But you can also see he he can get a little going through the motions. He can get lost on some rotations. I know we're going to talk about that, but I'll, I'll stay with the good right now. But yeah, absolutely, Metcalf. Like I watched some of, some of the blocks he has. I'm like, my goodness, you're blocking every fucking thing in the <laughs> world. Like it's it's a block at the rim. It's a he's someone tries to hit him with a step back, and you're like, oh, we got him. And then all of a sudden, you're like, he tipped that. How did he tip yeah. that? But it's just the he's got a potential seven nine wingspan. And he does move fluid, and that's the stuff you got to remember. Like this is a seven three, seven four kid at eighteen yep. or seventeen years old on tape, making these plays, and he's still using his body to realize what he can do on a court, and right. and um, just some of the stuff he could do is like that's where I understand where everyone's saying how special he can be, but it's I think there's a lot more to being a good defender than just being able to block and tip some shots. I think you're going to have to understand the ins and outs and rotations and sets and where you're supposed to be and where help's supposed to come and um, where you're supposed to stay helping and showing and when you're supposed to recover. And I've seen a lot of stuff like that where I'm like, okay, there's some questions, but I'm all over the place. I'm too excited to be talking back with you. Sorry. Sorry. No, I'm so – I, I do think that the def- he has a really high defensive ceiling. Um, yes. I came away with a lot more concerns about his defense, so as well. 
Um, you know, I thought his defensive fundamentals were pretty atrocious. I thought his perimeter I footwork. I hated that play so much. I'm so glad you put that play on. I hated that play so much. Go ahead. Sorry. L- lazy feet, yep. slow to react, lazy steal attempt that ends up in a foul and one. Um, I thought he was super easy to move off his spots. And, you know, when he was defending drives, guys lowered his shoulder and they just sent him flying uh, five feet. I know he gets the block here. Awesome block. Also, also had horrible feet at the beginning. And then the guy lowered his shoulder and moved him three feet. Um, his He seems to be caught in between of, oh, do I want to play physical or do I not? And That's he tries great. to, yes, he tries to absorb contact and then is bad at it. Like his verticality, he has no idea what he's doing um, on the, when he's defending on the perimeter. I mean, his standing reach is going to be like almost 10 feet and he's playing with his hands down, allowing entry, easy entry passes here. Those are things that should never happen when he's guarding on the perimeter. And I don't, I'm not expecting him to move his feet out there like Davion Mitchell, but he's so tight into these guys where it's like, he almost doesn't understand how long he is and how much room for error he can afford. And it's like, okay, no, give this dude three, you know, three feet because just raising your hand, you got it covered. You got the shot covered. You're good. Why are you up in him? Because you clearly do not have the hip mobility, the foot speed, the reaction time to stay with him. And then even if you do, the guy's just going to lower his shoulder into your hip and you're going to go flying five feet the other way. So the skinniness thing with him worries me so much more than it did with Chet and it did Mm -hmm. with Mobley because the way those guys move their feet, use their length and kept their hips open. So they were seeing the court the whole time is night and day to Victor because he's constantly closing his hips off and turning his hips and putting the majority of the, the court to his back. And that makes him off balance. It makes him unaware. Um, it was always a pet peeve, you know, growing up playing soccer coaches would always be whenever you receive a pass, you open up your hips and your shoulders so you can see the whole field. And that's he does the exact opposite where he's closing and turning to chase and just making himself so easy to imbalance and to push around. And I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a, Hey, I've just always been so much fucking bigger than everyone else. It doesn't really matter. I'm leaning towards that. Um, But that's something he's really going to have to figure out or else NBA guys, let alone, you know, French league, really skilled French league guards are going to pick him apart on the perimeter. It, it, it's, I, I love how we did this. This is great. Um, because I have all the same things. I was just like, he, he looks like he's going to get picked apart. And I was like, you're that long. I don't care if you're not even that long. If you have your hands down that much, yeah. you're going to drive NBA coaches, me, <laughs> Metcalf, Corey, everyone at knows like you're going to drive us crazy because it's like use your hands. Yeah. Look what you do when your hands are active. Like you watch some games, and I swear you can tell from the tip. I was like he he's a different player right now. Yep, because he's just like energy. He was trying to block everything. His hands were so active. He was just all over the place. Like he was sprinting. He was hustling on plays. I was like, okay, this looks like a different player. And then some games you watch, he gets, guards bring him out. He's got his hands just down. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why? At least try to be disruptive. And 
Um, he gets a little lazy with the reaches and then I feel like he's a little slow to recover. And the good thing is, is I think there's a lot of stuff with his, you know, worrisome areas that I think are pretty fixable. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to, like you said, he needs to realize how long and lengthy he is. He doesn't have to be up so much. Um, he's trying to guard guys like he's Davion Mitchell. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, you, you can get back a little bit. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at with him is you watch all this stuff and then you see how disruptive he can be with the flashes. And you're like, Oh gosh, if he, maybe he's just learning. And if he could learn that, yeah. then life's going to get easier. And then he's just really disruptive. But I'm saying right now, saying that he is the guy in the same conversation as Mobley and Chet as defenders. No, he could very much be ahead of them one day down the road, but right now, no, no, no. He's got a lot of stuff he needs to figure out because I think it's coming down to the, the little fundamentals of playing defense. Like he has to understand positioning and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, there's a lot of stuff that will make you a little concerned. And then there's just other games where the physicality is the best thing I thought you said, because there's, there is some games where he looks like, I don't know if I want to bang with this guy or mm-hmm. if I want to kind of let him go away from me. And then there's some games where he's just fearless. He's yeah. just like, Oh, I'm doing everything. And I'm like, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta pick one. <laughs> I I need right. more of this side than the other side. Right. And, and, he can succeed playing either whether he wants to, you know, battle with guys kind of like we saw how Chet did where, yeah, he knows he's going to get overpowered, but he's accepting the contact. He's subtly steering them to specific spots where he can then use his length. Or does he want to play with more finesse and kind of do the Matador defense and then block guys from behind either route is, you know, acceptable. There are ways to success either way, but it's when he gets caught in limbo and is like, Oh no, I'm going to, hip check this guy as he drives baseline and then pull out of it at the last second and just give up a wide open reverse layup. It's like, what? you can't do that. You can't pick, you know, 50, 50, you have to commit fully to one. And then, you know, you can, there's so much to build off of because with how fluid he is, I do think that there is that ability to, you know, kind of move a little more like Evan Mobley. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's, can do that or will because Evan Mobley is a special mover at his size. Um, the way he moves his feet, it's way more active than anything Chet did or could do. And it was just two different styles of defense. And Chet used his length to usher guys into specific spots. And Mobley had a much fluid, more fluid movement and was able to stay with guys and stay in front of them. But that took a lot of really disciplined you know, hip flexibility and hip mobility and footwork and timing and reaction. So I'm, I'm not sure Victor ever gets to that level, but he has the tools where he could, you know, take bits and pieces of those guys and like style his defense after one of them. It's just, he's so caught in the middle so many times where it's like, he doesn't know what he wants to do. And he's always like two seconds behind and processing it. Yeah, and every, everyone listening, like, yeah, we're comparing him to Chet Mobley, but that's just the recent guys. That's the guys he's going to get. And I, I don't think he's really a similar player to them at all. No, I don't either. And and I think a lot of people are going to hammer that home, and I, I I don't think I agree with it at all. No, like I, he's not even, um, he's not close. He's not. He's not. 
He ain't no. Giannis. He ain't no, I, I, I'll out myself. I, I texted you. I was like, I, I think he's more of what – I think he's more Poku-esque in play style than Cheddar Mobley. And, you and know, everyone's going to freak out about that comment, and they need to just relax. Because I, it's I, not that ridiculous right now. He he's like what people were trying to pitch Poku as, but yes. it, it's it's I'm talking style, not skill or one for one comps here. It's yes. more of that style. So that sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I I think it's just there's a long way to go, um, and I think that's what we're trying to get at with the with the bigger picture with him is people people were worried about the frame with Mobley. People were worried about the frame with Chet. The difference was the mentality they both had. Like people forget Mobley at USC was battling in the paint with people. Like he was a little nasty. He had a little bit of a mean streak at some times. But he was quiet. No, No, but I'm just saying, yeah, it's ridiculous because that's, that's why this is a big, and we're not just ragging on Victor. It's just, this is the guy that's the, the hype machine prospect that you need to watch these areas develop this year. It's like, I need to see him be a little nasty this year. He doesn't have to do it every single game, but I need to see him have a little bit of like aggression. And you watched a couple of those games. He was showing a different mentality, but he's going to need to be prepared to battle it up inside. Like he needs to be a little bit more physical. That was something I wrote down and I was like floating a little bit on the perimeter. Like what type of player is this going to be? So um, all this being said, yeah, Victor's, damn special prospect but we're gonna have to see some progression this year yeah and what what worries me about the skinniness you know i've never really cared about that yeah what worries me about that with him though is that he has a really unstable base with how he flips his hips and has narrow feet and chet and mobley never had that they were always on balance and yeah, you can push him around, but he's not out of position because he knows like he's completely balanced the entire time. Victor's not that. He's turning his hips the wrong way at the wrong time. He's, you know, slow to react. He's got a really narrow base. He's not on balance. He's easy to kind of push around. Um, so that's what worries me about that. And again, I'm not trying to kill the kid because I think he's uber talented just when best prospect ever gets thrown around and the expectations are this high for him. I'm, you know, we, we, we went through a lot of film and I am going to nitpick at this point. And it's also just showing me areas where I expect to see improvement on this year. And can these flashes, some of those incredible shot blocking and perimeter defensive flashes, can those turn into multi-game stretches where he's doing that for a week and not just, two quarters. That's more what I'm looking for. And this was a 17 year old playing in EuroLeague. Yeah. And it yeah, looks yes, like a yes. kid. It looks like a kid that is still learning how he can use his body. And, and I think everyone has to realize that right now, like you might watch the exact same film me and Metcalf watched, And you might be like, man, I see that too. Like, no, he doesn't look that good. And it's like 17. Yep skinny in the euro league he he has games where when he wants to get somewhere and where he knows where he's supposed to be he will get there in a hurry and cause some damage in a good way but he also has games where he just looks a little lost that could be a guy that's still figuring out the game like 
everything moves fast. It could have been moving fast from last year. That's also where we're at right now. Is like if we watch him in the first five games of the, his season upcoming, and he just looks like, hey, I'm the guy. You know, I, I'm ready to roll. This is my year, and maybe he's just picking people apart. And it's like, okay, everyone, buckle up because we watched him in FIBA. You watch those games when he's playing around his, you know, his age bracket. Yeah, he really looks damn good. And, and playing against the guys that in the draft that just got drafted, you know, the the Jaden Ivey, the Johnny Davis, the Chet Holmgren. Um, spoiler alert, we might have something about that coming soon. But he was younger, and he looked very, very, very good. So um, it's just going to be interesting. It's It's been really fun. I actually was really excited the more we kept talking about this, the more we were preparing to do this. I was like, I love doing this activity because now I have a laundry list of stuff. I'm going to be like, okay, I want to see what Victor improves on in the off season. Cause there, it, everyone listening is probably thinking we're ragging on him. And th- I have a lot of positive stuff. Oh, yeah. I, we still haven't talked about. So um, go ahead. Yeah. Mike, so and we're, we're a half hour into Victor and we haven't even gotten to his biggest selling point. At least what I think, which is his offense. Um, yeah. And we're back, folks. We're not. We're not stopping early, Metcalf. Don't worry about this. Yeah, no. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, the outside shot. I loved it. Um, I I think he's going to be a lethal shooter. I thought he hit movement threes with ease. He relocated really effectively. Um, I thought pretty consistent form. You know, there's going to be some variance with limbs that freakishly long, Mm -hmm. but when you can put a guy seven three, you know, running off of screens. I think that's awesome. Um, I think yes. he's going to be an awesome shooter with really good touch for a really long time. Where did you end up on the shot? So I texted you because I watched one game and he was just kind of spraying it all over the place. And, you know, whenever you're watching a guy like this, I feel like I text a lot of the no ceilings guys because, like, I have my opinion, but I also want to see what you guys are saying. And I was like, man, the shot looks pretty damn good. And I was like, <laughs> if you have that form at 7-3 with that – people don't realize how hard it is to shoot when you're that lengthy yeah. and you're just that big. I mean, banks open on that shot, but <laughs> it there looks like there's consistency. Like it looks nice. Um, you showed that one clip, but he had that, like it was off a down pick or whatever. Yep. Sorry, my X and O guys out there. If you're calling me out, but he popped up, he like hit a catch and shoot three. And I was like, my goodness, if he's hitting that, <laughs> But, like, that's where you start seeing the stuff come alive. And I was like, okay, we're talking about this kid. This whole episode we've been saying, like, the flashes. He has flashes in pretty damn important areas. Like, the three-point shot looks fantastic. If he's shooting like that, and I know we're, you know, like we talked about earlier, he shot 27% from three, which everyone's going to be like, but you see him shooting in his form and his consistency and, and how he can shoot, and there's a really good foundation to keep building with. Obviously, we want to see that number take a big jump this year, but played 17 minutes a game last year. Hopefully, he's going to play a ton this year. Um, I'm really intrigued because, like I just said, like he has really good foundation like in, in important areas. The three-point shot looks strong. He has some flashes offensively that are like, my goodness. He has the shot-blocking ability. It's it's really nice building blocks. Now you just got to get everything else in. You know, you got to get all the necessary pieces to sort of start, you know, all the ingredients in the kitchen need to start coming together for for the main course. And 
he has some really important ones already down. But um, what about you? What else did you like about the offense? Um, I, and I, I thought he was a really good play finisher. You know, I, legitimate um, vertical spacer, obviously, mm-hmm. at that size. But, you know, and he, he wasn't afraid to jump with guys. And, you know, once he does jump, he, he doesn't need to jump much. But once he does, it's impossible to block. Um, I thought he – I loved – how he ran in transition. I thought his his really good straight line speed, really good effort recognition and timing on when and where to leak out. Um, And he's running full court here all the way to the end. That's beautiful. Um, (laughs) Oh gosh. But this is funny because we've been ragging the guy and it's not ragging. We're just nitpicking. And then you start seeing some of the positives and you're like, Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. No, the, the offensive stuff is a lot of fun. And, his ability to be that at rim finisher in transition on offensive rebounds and off of cuts and the role, I think is like a legitimate weapon and it's yeah. just effortless for him. And his, his just understanding of kind of pockets and spaces on the floor, I thought was really impressive. There's a lot of really good stuff and everyone, I, I promise we're, I the the point of this for me and Metcalf was we wanted to just discuss him like we want to pick Victor apart because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about him f- four times this year before we even get into like the m- meat and potatoes of draft season because that's just you know we're psychopaths we're we're degenerates we want to talk about this but um I I just I really do think like this is what you're supposed to do now you're supposed to be like okay what what scared me uh, from his film last year, make note of all of it. Like we talked about how you prepare for the season, what you're trying to do as an evaluator. This is what I'm trying to do with Victor. I'm trying to get a complete, you know, understanding of what do I want to see him improve on this year? We just talked about a lot of negatives and I don't even know if it's negatives. It's just improvement areas. Yeah. And now we're talking about some of the exciting stuff and it's like, Ooh, they start adding up in a hurry. Um, there's some really good stuff. And like, I still believe there's a lot of stuff that maybe people will say it's negatives. And I, I think it's fixable because it's like a, it's a positive. He just needs to see it faster. And and we'll talk about it, but like he has some times where like you just showed. And like you said, where he gets a runway and he is fearless and it's like one dribble and it's, you know, he's bringing the ball behind his head and throwing down one hand slams. And I'm like, please just keep doing that. That's very enjoyable for all of us to watch. But um, what else, what else you got? I love this. Gosh, I missed you Metcalf. This is just too much fun. Um, So my, my only complaint on his Mm -hmm. offense was that he felt way too perimeter oriented. Yes. And he felt like a one level scorer basically, or maybe that's not fair because I just showed, you know, four minutes worth of him shooting threes and then dunking. So that would be two levels. Um, but he felt like a exclusively like a play finisher and that's, yes. that's fine. But when you're talking about a guy at the number one pick, you want him to be able to create his own shot, whether it's on the perimeter, whether it's in the post or in the mid range, something. And I didn't like that every single one of his post-ups, he immediately just went to a turnaround fadeaway, even if he was five feet away and the guy on him was a foot shorter, just turn around and shoot it over the guy. Um, 
some of the turnaround fadeaways looked absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, five to 10 years from now, I could see that being a real weapon for him. But if that's the only thing he has to go to, it becomes a lot easier to kind of get into him and disrupt that and make it really uncomfortable for him. Um, you know, at this time, we, we were seeing guys like Chet and Mobley, so I had to keep bringing them up, but they had, you know, multi-move, you know, post-moves. And that's where the whole footwork that we talked about on defense, I think, comes back into play because we don't really see a ton of that. And I don't want him posting up fucking 10 times a game. That's not what I'm saying. But at his position, he's going to get a lot of mismatches in terms of height all the time. And he's got to be able to punish the defense at least twice a game when that happens. And when he gets a 6-2 guy on him and he's yes. down on the block, he has to be able to do something other than a fadeaway. He's just, even if it's just like a one dribble, drop step, hook shot, cool. That's it. Fine. You don't need much more than that. But, you know, a, a little shoulder fake, spin back the other way, lay up, because he has the length where a simple spin from the left block he could be finishing on the other side of the rim with a reverse layup that the other guy has no chance to contest. And I just didn't see any of that. And, you know, the only perimeter creation that I saw from him that wasn't attacking a closeout was this play where he's got a nice little crossover, spins back middle, throws up a nice floater, it rims out. But that was the only perimeter creation that I saw from him in the games that I watched. And it was a little disheartening is a little concerning because someone that fluid, that skilled um, with these expectations, you, you got to give me some sort of shot creation. If you're going to be the number one overall pick. There's creativity, but it's very vanilla. Um, the post up thing. I, I think I even sent you two recordings like via text. And I was just like, he, it was two different fadeaways. One, I think was mm-hmm. going up against the big and it was a beautiful fadeaway. And then the next one, he ended up making it. But I was like, I think he's going up against the 6'2 guy. And it was like, he, he was like, there's no doubt I'm taking a fadeaway. And I was like, that can't, he has to be un, like willing to battle to be like, no, I have almost an entire foot you know, on this right. guy. I need to be finishing this around the rim. He needs to have some hook. I, I think it was Corey um, might have said in our group chat or something. He's like, I need... I need Victor to have a little bit more Kareem this year than uh, Durant, mm-hmm. which, or I think it was Durant when I yeah. was like, that's, that's really smartly put because you need to see him develop some weaponry in the post because he'll have, he'll get the ball in the paint. And I think he has some good footwork. He just doesn't know what to do. Like he, he sometimes will like turn over his, his right shoulder and kind of try to finish awkwardly and he will make it. And I'll be like, gosh, if he just understands like a little, half drop step and then a little sky hook he could do some damage um because i also saw him put the ball down once try to create off the bounce and like a big just picked his pocket and i was like oh i was just like that was very easy so he's very fluid he can dance with the ball a little bit i think he just has got to understand like he's getting it so wide because of his length that it's easier to defend when he's not understanding where to get with stuff. So just one of those things you're going to want to see next year, but um, there there's creativity. It's just not a lot. 
like I said, it's very vanilla. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about is something that bugged me with his game. He has playmaking vision. Um, sometimes he's a little slow to process it, or sometimes it might yes. seem a little predetermined. He also drove me a little crazy sometimes that he didn't make a couple, like I want to say like three or four times when I watched, I was like, why didn't you make that extra pass? Like yeah. I'm talking like, he takes the shot confidently, a three-point shot. Let's, you know, I'm not saying it was a bad shot, but I was like, oh my gosh, if you threw an extra pass, your teammate over there doesn't have anyone within like 15 feet. Like it was that much. Like you got to see that. But um, the the playmaking, he has the right vision and I think the right processing. It's just sometimes I think he's like, well, it's supposed to go there. I need to throw it there. Or he's just throwing it because he's like, that should be open and – it's one of those where it's like I I almost wrote it as like a positive, but I was like I want to see if he speeds that up. Yeah, next year. Um, so no, yeah. I I think that's that's exactly what stood out to me too. Um, where I think he's I think he's one of these guys who's a lot of fun to play with. Um, the ball doesn't stick with him, mm-hmm. but it pauses. Where that's a good. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not thinking his processing speed is just a step slow where it's he gets the ball and now he's like, okay, now what do I do instead of, okay, in two passes, the ball's going to be here. Defense is going to be here and I'm going to attack this way. It's that, that foresight isn't quite there with him yet, but overall, I, I kind of like the passing a lot. And, you know, when, I thought his creativity and accuracy with some of it was really, really nice. Um, he had some passes that were just fucking wild. Um, and that ability to just drive and drive and dump over the top, um, you know, that's going to be there a lot for him. And those outlet passes, if he can get more of those, I think that's going to be really impressive. And it wasn't something that we saw a ton of. There weren't right. like a plethora of assists and playmaking things, but when he was decisive with it and, you know, was confident in where he was going with it, it's like, Oh, there's a lot here to work with. that can really not just make you a better basketball player, but really elevate the offense as a whole. But like you said, it, it's got to speed up. He's a pass behind in where his processing speed like is currently where, he's got to make up his or he's got to know what he's doing with that ball before it gets to him. And I, I'm completely serious. I think it's a positive. Like yeah. I, I didn't write it down as a negative. I just like, he knows where it's supposed to go. And he's like, people will see some of the turnovers he'll throw. He, he stared down a couple passes and where it was like, a, a, I was like, don't throw it, don't throw it. And he threw it. And like yeah. a easy help side um, steal. But I was like, people need to realize like he knows where to go with it. It's just got to be quicker. And the vision, the understanding of like, that's where that's a potential pass. And like you showed on there, like he has a couple drives where it's like all of a sudden a jump pass for a backdoor cut for a teammate. And I was like, man, that at seven, three is beautiful. Yeah. And I really do believe it's just like, it's like a software that just needs an upgrade. Like he, it's, it's got a great, processing ability but it needs to get a little bit quicker it needs to get the updated boost and and if that happens this year i mean if he starts doing everything and processing everything faster this year my goodness that is the first overall pick but if it doesn't 
if it stays kind of around here, I have some questions because you're going to go to a much different world in the NBA. Like things are going to mm-hmm. get very fast and he's going to be a couple steps behind, but all the stuff we're talking about, he's 17, 18 yep. and showing all this stuff. And for that size, that raw, that's why he's getting all of this hype because he can do a lot of stuff on the court that you don't see that complete package. You don't see the shot blocking seven, three guy that can shoot threes that also can play make and um, do a lot of stuff. And, and that's what I'm saying. The foundation with Victor is really, really good, Yes, but we got to get everything else. We got to get all the rest of the ingredients have to come together. Yeah. I, I, I hope that like our, our criticisms of his game currently aren't being viewed as indictments or us indicting his game or writing him off in these areas. Instead, they're, they're just areas that we now have expectations of in terms of what needs to improve. And if we don't see those, um, you know, then that's where it gets worrisome. Whereas once we do start seeing, even if it's just, you know, a step in the right direction, that that's a lot. That's a lot playing in a pro league when you're 18 to make that to make a meaningful improvement in the right direction with the skill during the season is really hard to do. And once he does that, it's like, oh my God, okay, cool. We're, we're the development path is, you know, going in the right direction. This is really, really exciting stuff because the the foundation of who he is as a player and the ceiling of what he could be could be so special. Yeah, I mean. Some some might say he has no ceiling. Oh, I'm going to use that joke a lot this year. <laughs> uh, for everyone watching on YouTube, I couldn't be more blurry. So I don't know what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, do, 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 do you want to fix that camera? Or I mean, it looks like I basically sprayed. I mean, this is incredible. You know what I look like? I look <laughs> like I'm giving an interview, but I'm trying to remain anonymous. Um, it's pretty funny. I just need the voice changing well, yeah, software. We're going to we're gonna have to just distort your voice and. <laughs> Um, feels good to be back, but no, no, I mean, because of the flashes and because of everything like together and and I still have him up there. I still think he's my right now. He would be my number one guy because I am looking at, I'm just saying, I'm looking at everything coming together. I am evaluating him and I also went and watched the year before um, and, and I was just seeing him. I was like, man, he is just so damn fluid. He's all over the place. And I was like, okay, so you got to take into consideration that making that leap to go to the Euro league, maybe his head was just spinning a lot of the year. And, and you can see when the confidence is really rolling in some of those games. And you can also see where it's just like, it's not there. And then all of a sudden, it just starts clicking and I don't know, Metcalf. I mean, I definitely, here's the funny thing. I went into watching his film in the first couple games. I was like, I don't know about this. And then I kept watching. And the more I kept watching, the more I kept checking boxes of like, okay, yep. I see it. I see it. That, That was really nice. That was really nice. And I feel like the more I've watched, the more I've been buying, the more I've been like, okay, I could buy into this, but I got a lot of I got a lot of stuff I need him to show improvements on this year. And if he yeah. does that, then whew, yeah, 
tank for Victor will be will be on. Um, what about you? Right now, you, August twenty fourth is Victor Wimbanyama number one on your board. Uh yes, but he's also like the only name ranked on my board. So I he, love he, that. he's I one love of that. one. He's one of one. Uh <laughs> And, um, and this is coming from someone I love, Scoot. I love this whole class. This class yeah, I'm really excited about this class. And, and I, I will say the last thing is, um, for everyone that's you're getting drunk on the Victor and Scoot, you need to start watching some of these other guys. I think there's uh, some of these other guys. I'm more intrigued with the guys that are outside of the consensus top five than I am the ones that are getting all the preseason hype. Buy Cam Whitmore stock quickly. Um, and Whitehead. Right. Oh my! Why are people not giving him more love? I don't know. We're, we're going to talk for an hour on yeah. next week. I, I'm so excited. Yeah. So there. Spoiler alert, alert. There's our next episode. I'm um, pumped about that one. I was like, Yeah. My goodness, I'm drooling. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Anything else on Victor? No. I mean, I, I really, I really don't want people to think this is just a bad, like an episode of saying like, oh, he's bad. I just think no. this is a really important, like you need to start watching for this stuff. There's a lot of really good stuff. Like you understand why you understand why NBA scouts, NBA executives, they've all been hyping them. I've heard about it. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, Victor's freak. Yeah. But I also want to see that mentality turn it up a little bit. Um, People are going to compare him to Chet and I think Chet had a little nastiness with that, with his heart and mindset. And I need to see Victor be a little nasty this year. And he's gonna be he's gonna be the guy. Yeah. He didn't make that move overseas to that new club without feeling like I'm gonna be the guy. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. All righty. Um. Well, for all of you who came for just the Victor talk, you are now free. I set you free. Uh, those of you that you want to stick around for a little nonsense, please do. Rucker, um, I, I tasked you with cultivating a hot take about anything. In life, whether it's basketball, movies, politics. Oh, I thought this was there. a. I thought I thought you wanted a hot take about Victor. Okay, so no, we'll, no. So when I when I said hot take, and then I said literally anything in the world, that's fine. Who needs words? Um, so, did you come up with anything? Um, I'll I'll think of something. Tell me yours. I'll I'll, I'll think of something. I'll, I'll promise. Okay. Um, you know the predator, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's a fraud. He's a coward. Um, the most overrated movie villain ever. No, 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 no. I can't get into this. Yep. Okay, no, so he's I, a fraud. So me and Metcalf are trying to do a new. Um, we're trying to do some fun segments this year. We're also trying to have a little bit of stuff of like, okay, getting away from basketball to have some fun with some interactions on social media. But Predator is like one of the. You can't do that to me. We can't start this idea. No, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not denigrating the movie. I love the movie. This has nothing to do with the movie. It's the the creature itself is a fraud. It is over overly reliant on camouflage technology. Cool. Yeah, you sliced up a snake. Awesome, dude. You were camouflaged and killed a snake and a wolf. Um, every time he comes out of camouflage, he gets his ass kicked. No, this is ridiculous. There. I can't by stand with this. There. No, he gets worked. Have you seen the new Prey movie? Have you seen? No, I don't. It's no awesome. spoiler alerts. I need to watch it. So no spoiler um, alerts. Okay, un- unless you're a French fur fur tradesman, um, you you have a standing shot with 
Predator as long as he's not a coward going into camouflage. Um, all of his kills come when he is hiding in the trees, camouflage, and using superior technology. You call yourself a hunter? Like you call yourself the ultimate predator? Please. You're a coward, and you're just lurking in the trees like some weirdo. Man up, bite someone face-to-face, and don't get your ass kicked. And, like, really mud. You guys can't, like, share notes at all. Just, oh, well, they're covered in mud now, so guess that's a loss. Coward. What is there's one where he he uh the predator I swear takes out like an entire alien like army in some base and then throws like a bomb and then goes up like the the luge that just goes like out of the basement and it's incredibly badass. So I don't know if you just didn't see that. I, movie. I, I have not seen the Alien vs. Predator movies. So, oh, yeah, you need um, to watch that then. And no, then this re- is so, check this yourself is so, before you wreck yourself. This is solely based on Predator, Predator 2, Predators, and Prey. Okay. All right. Um, where he is getting worked regularly by humans. Okay. Okay. Um, That's all I Hot got. take. Wow. You really set the tone. Now I'm really excited for this all year and a couple other ones we're going to do. But um, but but also Prey is an awesome movie. Highly recommend. Really, really good. I'm pretty excited to watch that now. Um, okay, what's my hot take? Um, you know what? I'm okay. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'll just give everyone a show they need to watch. How about that? Is that okay? Can I do that? All right. That's, That's perfectly fine. Um. Only murders in the building. Yeah. Jump on it. Good, good, good show. show. Have you watched it? Yeah, I'm like halfway through season two. Oh, it's good. I just finished the season two last night. It's good. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, for everyone that hasn't watched it, it is a show about a fancy. What do you want to say? A fancy building or uh, condo, high, high, high end, high condo, end, yeah, apartment and, building in New York. And then three neighbors become good friends and they start a, po- a murder podcast about murders happening in the building. That's why it's the name of the show. But um, brilliantly written. Um, I thought it was, I thought it's been great. Um, Selena Gomez is even awesome in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I just was like, okay, she, she's been pretty good with like her character developing and um, you know, shout out Selena, huge NBA fan, Selena <laughs> Gomez. Um, what else? Um, I, I, I got, I got nothing else. I got no, nothing else. Um, I was, I thought this hot take was about to be about just Victor. So you really, no, I do. Do you have one for Victor? I, I was just trying to mix it up a little and no, you know, no, get something I, that I'm impassioned about. No, I, 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 I really fraud. don't. Um, Fucking coward. Hmm. No, it's not that I'm trying to think of no, not you, one on the run. I'm, I'm still, I'm still heated. <laughs> Um, I think all the Lord of the Rings movies are garbage. So there you go. Okay, well we're gonna have to fucking sign off with it. Yeah, end, there's end your a, hot take. I just can't do it. Here, oh I, God, I've had okay. a buddy of mine who's oh, absolutely God. obsessed with them, and he tries yeah, to me. get me to give it another chance, and I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I, you know, I gotta watch draft film. I'd rather do that than try to give Lord of the Rings another shot. Maybe I watched them when I was too young. Um. But no, I, no, you're, you're, you're not allowed to watch them ever again. So I don't I, want I, to. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Good. Cause I, I, your, your opinion is 
why would I watch Lord of the Rings? I'd rather just watch like Rocky. That sounds way better to me. So, okay. Hey, this has been fun. Yeah, that, We're having fun okay, here. Yeah. All right. Predator. Yeah, you, I mean, we might have to have a talk. You know, I can't believe you insulted Predator. Were you rooting for Alien? Yeah. yeah Probably rooting for Drago and Rocky Four too. Talk about being born on third base. My God. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this. <laughs> Rucker, tell the people where they can find you. Um, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. I'm also at NoCeilingsNBA.com. Come join us, folks. Year two is going to be awesome. We got a lot of really fun stuff that we're getting ready to announce. Um, the guys have been working very hard this offseason, if there is even an offseason. But, no, we've been working hard behind the scenes, trying to get prepped for year two. Um, year three, year four, year five. So we're very excited. And uh, Metcalf, you're getting married soon. Congratulations. Yes, um, I'm excited to be back doing this with you, and I'm excited for year two. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be a blast. Once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. Uh, you can find all of our merchandise at noceilingsmba.bigcartel.com. You can find all of our written work at noceilingsmba.com. It's 100% free uh, if you want to make sure that you never miss an article just hit that subscribe button it will charge you zero dollars and zero cents uh recently over there maxwell bombach has had a really awesome ongoing series about some diamonds in the rough at different positions and stephen gillespie just put up a really really interesting uh article on prospect archetypes so make sure to go check those out uh you can follow us on twitter at no ceilings nba and watch this podcast and so much more throughout this next season on youtube at no ceilings tv if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Till next time, see ya.